Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Sean McCreary, Portfolio Manager for First United Wealth Management. Welcome to another in our series of What Matters Most podcasts. <clears throat> this morning, we'll be covering matters of interest regarding the investment markets and related economic environment impacting those markets. Before we get started, I would like to cover some housekeeping items. First, we will allow time for questions at the end of the podcast. At that time, we'll unmute line so you can ask your questions. Secondly, this call will be recorded and posted to our website at www.mybank.com slash blog, B-L-O-G, later this morning. First, I'd like to take a few moments just to really quickly go over what took place in 2017 in the financial markets, uh, and then we'll get into what we, the First United Investment Team, believe will be really some of the key themes uh, that will play out in the financial markets in 2018. <clears throat> so first off, just kind of looking back at 2017, our outlook outlook for the year was generally positive, but somewhat cautious. After all, with investors going from lookout below at the Trump team secured an election victory to a virtual melt up in stocks by the year end 2016, <clears throat> we had concerns. The markets had built in a lot of a lot in the way of political promises that had yet to come to fruition. Add the usual political drama and an economy that was still really not running uh, much above stall speed. It is easy to consider the markets at, at above average risk at that time. Nonetheless, we had have seen a number of seeds of progress uh, that were starting to sprout. For example, consumer confidence was reaching 16-year highs, both manufacturing and non-manufacturing data were indicating significant strength to come. Small business optimism was very was high and over was the highest really in over a decade. And even international economies were starting to uh, grab some attention with their with some of their uh, strength that they had seen in recent months. <clears throat> Maintaining our faith in fundamentals, we noted that high single digit equity returns were a reasonable assumption with upside possible should congressional actions support current expectations. Now we know how the storm ended, of course. The S&P 500 uh, was higher by 21.83% by year-end. Developed stocks, as measured by the EFA index, were up 25.03%, and emerging market stocks, or what some consider the EME, ended the year with a 37.28% win. So all in all, a good... Uh, a good start, a good year overall for the, the equity markets. Now, for the fixed income markets, concerns over rising interest rates probably contributed to some of the equities as a default alternative for some investors. Even our rising rate strategy uh, were really not counterproductive, although the efforts were not rewarded with the moves that we anticipated and were really anticipated by many. Uh, market pundits. Sure, the Fed did raise short-term rates three times in 2017, but the main impacts occur really at the at the long end of the yield curve, where most prognosticators were really surprised. Long-term rates, uh, as measured by the 10-year U.S. Treasury bond rate, actually declined throughout much of the year, only recovering really right at the end of the year. After all was said and done, the Treasury rate starting started at a 2.45% in 
on January 1 ended 2017 at virtually the same level, right, right around there. In other words, bonds really did serve their purpose for moderating the volatility of portfolios uh, while providing a positive, albeit small, return of the basically what you got back was your coupon, the 2 to 3 percent, depending on what your coupon for the bond was. In a nutshell, that's really how 2017 went. A superb year for stocks and economic growth, not only domestically here in the U.S., uh, but overseas as well. And an okay year for bonds, um, better than many expected, with rates only really rising on the short end of the yield curve as the, as the Fed raised their depository rate three times throughout the year. Now let's take a look at 2018. Given the strong action of stocks during 2017, there really are some more, more important themes that we think will influence outcomes for 2018. There will obviously and almost assuredly be some surprises, but consider the following. First, Fed policy. A little more than a year ago, the Fed's target for one-day money was 0 to 0.25%. Five increases later, the target range is 1.25% to 1.5% now after the December rate hike. Only now really reaching levels seen over nine years ago. While the Fed may increase their target another time or two in 2018, a new incoming chairman to replace Janet Yellen and continued low inflation muddies the water a bit. With low inflation expectations and very low international sovereign bond rates encouraging overseas investors to buy the U.S.-based bonds, longer-term rates will likely move higher at a much slower pace than the Fed-driven short-term rates. <clears throat> the expected result will be further flattening of the yield curve. The Fed will be concerned that should the above scenario continue, the yield curve could invert basically saying short-term rates become higher than long-term rates. Historically speaking, an inverted yield curve has been highly suggestive of a weakened economy and, and possibly recession. But we do have to say not every inverted yield curve is followed by a recession. Uh, but many, m most, and I think all recessions uh, have followed an inverted yield curve. Now, number two, quantitative easing. Unlike the U.S. central bank, the European central bank is still adding fuel to the economies of Europe through quantitative easing. What we went through the, over the past few years, bond purchases and low rates. As a result, global growth should continue to gain momentum due to valuation differences. Overseas stocks should benefit from more P.E. expansion. Uh, than we've already seen here in the U.S. in their current values. Number three, tax reform. U.S. tax reform should support earnings growth with a tendency to help some companies industries more than others. For example, financials, consumer stress, discretionary stocks, and some small and majority of small capitalization stocks or the smaller, smaller publicly traded stocks should tend to benefit more than technology or utility stocks. It is important to note that resulting impacts will be very company specific. The general effect of earnings growth support from tax reform will be to make stock prices appear less extended, although Q4 market advances have likely built in some of those anticipated benefits. Long-term benefits of, of lower taxes are yet to be really determined, 
but results should include greater interest in corporate capital investment and some, but not full, consumer spending benefit. The next number four is cheap oil. Past volatility in oil prices have had material impacts on various sectors. However, the OPEC actions and better inventory management has created better anticipated stability in prices. <clears throat> this comment is not suggestive of price volatility cannot be significant at times, especially here in the US, but pricing action should be more of the 40 to $65 range per barrel rather than the extremes exhibited during the transition from 100% plus variety we saw in, in 2007, 2008 and earlier compared to the current levels where they sit today. Number five is debt, rising debt levels uh, higher than 2007 by some measures and an already extended, albeit moderate, period of GDP growth could tend to sap future growth potential, especially given the likelihood that the U.S. economy is in a late cycle and year-over-year -year comparison really will become more difficult. Number six is wage growth. While wage growth has occurred during much of this cycle, its measured trajectory has permitted earnings job growth to be sustained in spite of a low 4.1% U3 unemployment rate, which is mainly the headline uh, unemployment rate that you see in the news. Now the broader U6, which U6 unemployment rate, uh, which includes marginally attached involuntary part-time and discouraged workers, that rate adds almost another 7 million individuals. That basically is at 9%, which with a 9% U6 and a low 62.7% labor force participation rate suggests that there is still some slack in the labor, lessening the potential for a quick spike in labor costs, more typical of a late cycle business environment. Basically, labor costs is another key element of inflation risk with a lessened or at least uncertain probability of being problematic in 2018. So really, what is that all kind of boiled down to for 2018? Well, early data suggests a strengthening economy, but Q, the first quarter and second quarter data, particularly with some respect to the consumer, that consumer sending and debt trajectories will be very important to confirm the enthusiasm of some of the economists and investors uh, have been notating recently. Late cycle risks tend to really raise the level of uncertainty regarding economic growth paths and really investment performance tax cuts in the U.S. and a synchronized global expansion are expected to provide market supporting earnings growth domestically and valuation expansion internationally with higher risk of headlines induced volatility. Central bank missteps <clears throat> often associated with late cycle economic weakening appear to be a lower probability but we will keep an eye on that throughout the year as as Fed continues uh, to, to, to change what their, uh, their vision is. Thus, for 2018, bond market returns really are expected to be low, but we think it, they will be still slightly positive. Equity market returns in the 8 to 10% variety seem reasonable in an environment of really higher potential volatility. Potential returns could be limited in, in the event significantly rising 
job geopolitical concerns or international trade distractions. But the absence of similar diversions could modestly enhance expected performance. So basically, we think the eight to ten percent uh, returns are should be expected for 2018. <clears throat> but some geopolitical concerns or international trade distractions uh, could reduce that. But the absence of those, uh, and this continued low volatility uh, that we saw in 2017, could could potentially enhance inspector performance above that. So that's really overall our, our thoughts and the, the themes that we think that will affect the market in 2018. So at this time, we'll open up lines for some questions. If you have a question now, please press star six to unmute your phone and state your name. Are there any questions today? Well, uh, while we are waiting for questions, um, I will, would like to talk about a question that I've actually gotten a few times uh, throughout the holiday, holiday break. Um, of course, Bitcoin was no doubt a popular topic uh, over the entirety of the year, uh, given its 1,500% price increase in 2017. Bitcoin followers generally fall into one of three camps. The first views Bitcoin as the gold of the 21st century. Just like gold, Bitcoin has really no intrinsic value, but has limited supply and provided as really an alternative to currencies controlled by the, the printing press-happy central banks. The second groups Bitcoin with a long list of asset bubbles, a modern-day tulip mania that will land in ruin as demand wanes or dissipates across the hundreds of Bitcoin substitutes. The third sees the true value in the blockchain technology that underpins Bitcoin, which could materially reduce transactional frictions across multiple markets by eliminating the need for a trusted central clearing agent. Overall, though, uh, as for First United, um, we, we probably are a little bit in all three camps, uh, but overall, as it is currently not a regulated currency uh, and and at this time we do not have any investments uh, in, in the Bitcoin or any of the other uh, similar uh, type currencies. Well, if there are no further questions, uh, we'll go ahead and conclude today, today's session. Again, today's call may be replayed starting later today at our website www.mybank.com slash blog blog and thank thank everyone thank you everyone for listening and hope everyone has a great day thank you